0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Galatians 2:5 Christian Talk. Living the Christian life isn't always easy and can be confusing. Join me now while we talk about a biblical perspective of Christian life and how to live it out in an ever-changing world. I'm your host Mark Kublank, and this is Christian Talk. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Galatians 2.5 Christian Talk. This is your host, Mark Kublank, and I will be starting out this morning with another Puritan prayer. Lord Jesus, give me to love you, to embrace you, though I once took lust and sins in my arms. You did love me before I loved you, an enemy, a sinner, a loathsome worm. You did own me when I disclaimed myself. You did love me as a son, and weep over me as over Jerusalem. Love brought you from heaven to earth, from earth to the cross, from the cross to the grave. Love caused you to be weary, hungry, tempted, scorned, scourged, buffeted, spat upon, crucified, and pierced. Love led you to bow your head in death. My salvation is the point where perfect created love and the most perfect uncreated love meet together. For you welcomed me, not like Joseph and his brothers, loving and sorrowing, but loving and rejoicing. This love is not intermittent, cold, changeable. It does not cease or abate for all my enmity. Holiness is a spark from your love, kindled to a flame in my heart by your spirit, and so it ever turns to the place from which it comes. Let me see your love everywhere, not only in the cross, but in the fellowship of believers, and in the world around me. When I feel the warmth of the sun, may I praise you who are the sun of righteousness with healing power. When I feel the tender rain, may I think of the gospel showers that water my soul. When I walk by the riverside, may I praise you for that stream that makes the eternal city glad and washes white my robes, that I may have the right to the tree of life. Your infinite love is a mystery of mysteries. And my eternal rest lies in the eternal enjoyment of it. Amen. Okay, so this week we're going to start our talk about the seven I am statements that Jesus makes in the book of John. Do so you have your copy of God's word handy if you will turn with me to John chapter 6. Today we will be doing verses 22 through 40. I had planned on doing this entire section, but it's it's too long and it's too difficult. So we're going to break it up into two. And so we're going to do 22 through 40 today and 41 through 59 next week. Because Jesus says some pretty difficult things that we're going to dive into. So this first I am statement is going to be, I am the bread of life. And I'm going to read verses 22 through 40 right now. And then we will dive in and dissect basically verse by verse. So, John 6, beginning with 22. On the next day, the crowd remained on the other side of the sea, saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him again, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of the Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day okay so before we get into our uh, deep dive of this passage I just wanted to let y'all know that uh, a lot of the study that I do I use two basic resources I do use others but these are the two I'm using the most and that is the NASB version of the MacArthur Study Bible by Dr. John MacArthur. And the other one I use is Blue Letter Bible. There's an app on my phone that I use for that one. And that's real good when you're getting into uh, Greek and Hebrew and the meaning of some of these words that we're going to be coming across in the second half of this primarily. So our our main point that we're looking at in this section that we're doing now, the I am statements is, how do we know who Jesus is? How do we know that he is who he says he is? And how are we going to believe this? Think about if somebody came in this day and time and made these same claims, what would your reaction be? Realistically, what would your reaction be? I don't know that we would react much differently than the people did back in that day. So before we condemn them, maybe we should take a look inside and and look at our skepticism. So how do we know who Jesus is? Well, one of the first things we can do is we can see what he has done. Now, here we're going to be talking about 5,000, and these were 5,000 men, as it states in Scripture, So when you figure that there were some children there, uh, there were several of them that had wives, we're probably in reality talking about Jesus feeding between 15 and 20,000 people with the loaves and the fish. That is pretty amazing. So the other thing that Jesus does is, now the crowd doesn't see this, but Jesus walks on the water. His disciples saw that. And immediately, once he enters the boat, the boat moves to shore. It doesn't have to sail to shore. It doesn't have to be paddled to shore. It immediately moves to shore. So, those are two miracles, major miracles, that are performed just in the few verses right before we start reading our section. The second thing is we can hear what he says about himself. In the next few weeks, when we look at the I Am statements, this is where Jesus is explaining who he is. John, in these sections, records Jesus as he reveals the spiritual realities of his person. Okay, so here we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with more of Galatians 2.5 Christian talk. Hello and welcome back. Let's continue with our study. Everybody can see his physical reality because he is fully man on earth. And so this is him explaining his spiritual attributes. In the first few verses of this section, verses 22 through 25, what we see here is that the crowd wakes up in the morning and the disciples are gone. They knew that they left because they saw him get in a boat and take off, but nobody saw Jesus leave. So they're looking around. They can't find him. So they figure, oh, well, he must have gotten across the water somehow. So they all jump in boats and go across the water to Capernaum to find Jesus. They're asking him, when did you get here? And this is where Jesus starts engaging with this crowd and trying to point out the error of their way. So in verses 26 and 27, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God has set his seal. Here he is. Lightly admonishing the crowd for the superficial desire of food. The crowd is not following him for his spiritual teaching. They're not following him because they believe who he is. They're following him because they want their bellies full. So what we're seeing here and what we're going to see over and over and over is that the people of the time who were around Jesus when he was doing his ministry primarily followed him because they didn't understand the spiritual things he was talking about. What they understood was the earthly things that they could gain from him, whether that was food or healing or some sort of self satisfaction, but this is the primary reason the people are following him is for their own gain, it was not for spiritual understanding. So, what he does explain to them here is that the food he's talking about, the food from heaven, is himself. He is speaking of himself as the gift of this food, and it's given to everybody who believes. And they have to believe that he is the Son of God and the Messiah. So we're going to move right along to verses 28 through 31. It says, The people are speaking now. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, What sign do you do that we may see and believe? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. God gave them bread from heaven to eat. The people, I, I can't figure out if they didn't realize that this food that they ate the day before came from just a few loaves of bread and a and a couple fish because here they're asking him well what signs do you do what what works do you do this is what Moses did and so they're comparing Jesus to Moses because they just don't get it in verse 28 the people are saying what must we do So they were still thinking about an Old Testament law system where they had to perform in order to get the gift. In verse 29, Jesus' answer to their what must we do is plain and simple. This is the work of God, that you believe in Him who He has sent. Very simple, very straightforward. So in verse 30... They're saying, well, what sign did you do? In chapter five, it goes over another uh, public miracle that Jesus performed at the pool of Bethsaida, where the crippled man was waiting for the water to be stirred up and so that he could jump in the water and be healed. Well, because he was crippled, he was never the first one in the water, and it was the first one in the water that got healed. And then there was the feeding of the people. The crowd, in this case, had spiritual blindness. They were not able to see the spiritual works that Jesus was doing. They couldn't see past their worldly view. So in continuing to inquire about what what works he's done, they're comparing him to Moses, saying, Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. Now they are thinking that Moses gave them the manna. They still just don't get it. So we're going to move now to verses 32 and 33 to where Jesus answers that for the people. Okay, so verses 32 and 33 say, Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world okay so moving right along to verse 35 this is where jesus drops the big bombshell verse 35 says jesus said to them i am the bread of life whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst so as you can imagine after a statement like this the people are saying to themselves what in the world is he talking about they just totally didn't get that so He's going to explain himself a little further, and let's see how the people react to that. So, in verses 36 and 37, Jesus continues and says, But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. So here he's trying to explain what it means that he is the bread of life. So now in verse 37, Jesus proclaims God's sovereignty over who will come to himself, who will come to Christ to believe and be saved. Once someone is truly saved, they will never fall away or lose their salvation. Hence where he says, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. This is one of those things that some people struggle with is the loss of salvation. Can you lose your salvation once you're saved? Can you backslide or can you mess it up to where now, okay, Jesus wrote your name in the book of life because you were saved and something happened, so he got out his divine eraser and erased your name from the book of life. This is totally not true. Jesus makes that clear right here. Whoever comes to me... I will never cast out. So what we see when people get saved and they come to Christ, and then a few years later, they are back living a just degraded, immoral life. It's because they were never saved to begin with. It looks good on the outside, but it's rotten on the inside. That's how it is. Let's look at verse 38. Jesus says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So here we have another bombshell that Jesus is dropping on these people's heads. Here he says, I came from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. So this can only be taken to mean that he is saying God sent him directly. So these people are gonna have to chew on this for a little bit and see what's going on with it. Okay, so let's take a look at verses 39 and 40. 39 says, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose nothing of all he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him Should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So we see in verse 39 where Jesus once again states that he will lose no one given to him by the Father, and they will be raised up on the last day. In verse 40, what we see here is the responsibility of the human in salvation is to have faith and believe in the Son of God who offers the only way of salvation. There is no other way. Jesus is the only way. And so that's the human responsibility. But the ability to believe and have faith in Christ as the Savior of mankind is given as a gift from God. What this shows is that we of our own power, of our own desire, cannot and will not seek out God. We cannot and will not seek out Christ as our Savior, change our lives, live according to the way that Christ wants us to live by our own power. It has to be given to us as a gift from God. Okay, so this is where we are going to come to the end of this week's study. And next time on Galatians 2 5 Christian Talk, we will be in John 6 verses 41 through 59. So if you would like to read ahead and maybe do a little studying on your own and see what we're going to be looking at, that would be fantastic. Now, I'm going to post links to how you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook or how you can contact us by email with comments or questions and I'm going to put those links in the show notes below and now we're going to get into our closing with Psalm 119 verses 9 through 16 starting in verse 9 How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart, that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Alright, thank you very much for joining me for this episode. And I look very forward to uh, getting back with all of you next week. To get into the second half of the I am the bread of life statement by Jesus this is your host Mark Kublank and may God bless you richly